And hello, and welcome to the Introverted Female Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and we're going to talk about how to improve your mindset and grow your profits. Are you ready to begin? Okay, let's go. So, I'm really excited to talk with this next guest. We're going to be talking about how to make your words sexy on your website. And you might just be giggling, like, how can you make your words sexy? Well, we're going to be talking about that through the power of good copy. And so what copy is is the words that you use. And for a lot of you guys, your words may not be evoking the imagery that attracts your ideal client. And I've got a wonderful lady here, Susan Sparks from ASAP Writing Services. And we're going to be talking about how to improve your writing and how to just use words that really evoke urgency and needs and wants and all those wonderful things. And without further ado, Susan, so happy to have you. Thank you very much, Denise. It's great to be here today. So yes, this is a topic near and dear to my heart because a lot of times um, I get clients who just don't understand why uh, their website or their articles just aren't converting into clients. And so uh, we kind of take a step back and talk about the words that they're using. And a lot of times it's because we get uh, these certain ideas in our head that we want to, or a way we want to describe things. And it's not really the language that our clients are using. And I'll just share a real quick story about how I learned this the hard way. Um, years ago, I had a photography business and I was taking little league pictures. And the hot thing to have at the time was a photo button. It was a little button you could wear on your jacket or put on your purse of your kid in, in their little baseball uniform. And so I thought photo button sounded pretty boring and I renamed it league lapel. I thought it was real clever because you wore it on your lapel and your pals played ball. And so picture day comes and all the moms are lined up to uh, fill out the order form. And I could see it on all their faces. They were kind of scowling and looking at the order form and uh, just weren't really happy with anything. And when they were like, well, where's the photo button? And I, I'm like, well, it's right here. I called it the legal pal and that cute. Well, it really backfired. I barely sold any because they just didn't believe that that was the same thing that they were thinking of. So how that can apply to your business is uh, if you provide a product or a service and you come up with this really wild name, instead of what we're calling it normally in our day-to-day language, people are going to be skeptical and they're not going to believe that what you say you have is what you're looking for. I think that's really important to mention that what you think you have is not what people are looking for. Exactly. And I think a lot of times, and I'll, I'll just pick on like a health coach, um, people aren't looking for a health coach. They are looking for a way to eat pizza and still fit in their clothes or a way to sleep better at night. But instead, you know, coaches are like, oh, hey, you know, I'll design your workout or here's this shake you can drink or whatever. Well, that's that's the thing you do, but it's not the outcome. So if there's anything that you can do to make sure that you bring your message back all the time is to the outcome uh, that your prospect or customer is is looking for. 
I think that's really important because I think that we get so caught up in the zeal of saying, I want to work with everybody that I just don't want to alienate people. So I want to keep my information generic. And I always tell my clients, it's okay to alienate and use words that appeal to only one person and may not appeal to another person. What are your thoughts are about just kind of using words? Like, for example, this is for women only. Well, there's a broad spectrum of women. So you can be a 20-year-old woman. You could be a 65-year-old woman. Are you a mom? Are you a mom of young kids? Are you a mom of adult kids? So we're all, we all want to belong to something. We all want to look for people like us or something that, that includes us. And so, yeah, don't be afraid to, and maybe alienate's not exactly the right word, but to really differentiate that I'm exactly for uh, women, you know, 45 years old and their first kids leaving the house or, you know, the 60-year-old woman who's now an empty nester and needs something else to do. Really add those words that makes that ideal prospect of yours go, oh my gosh, that's me. Because we're out there looking for someone that understands us, that understands what our needs are, what our fears are what our desires are. And when you really narrow that language, then you get people that are serious about doing business with you instead of saying for women only, well, then you're going to get a lot of women that aren't really sure what you have is for them. You're going to spend a lot of time sorting through prospects that really won't be very strong or very warm prospects. But the more you narrow your language for them, now they're going to find you and they're going to go, you are exactly what I'm looking for because you used the words that attract them, attracted them. So you want to attract, but work gets to the point where you're getting maybe a little too specific. Like for example, let's say you're looking for soccer moms, right? Your ideal okay. client's a soccer mom. You are a, a health coach for soccer moms, but you only want soccer moms that are, have also been divorced. How far do you feel like you can, you're getting too much niche down? Well, I don't think you can be too narrow um, because if, you're, if your message is very clear and it speaks to someone, you're still going to get some of that outer fringe of other people that maybe you don't get a divorced soccer mom, you get a gymnastics mom who's happily married, but she really likes your message because there were still elements of that that resonated with her. So, and a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the whole branding exercises and the avatar. And yes, you want to have kind of that typical persona that you're speaking to. Um, but remember, um, even like if you're in an in-person setting and you're talking to a group of people, and you're talking to that one divorced soccer mom, there might be two or three other moms standing by listening. And so there's going to be parts of your message that still appeal to them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, for example, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Jillian Michaels, for example, and her base is mostly women, but she also has a token few guys that really like her messaging, even though right. it's directed towards women. Exactly. So you're not, you know, again, that fear of maybe um, alienating people. What you're going to alienate are the lukewarm prospects anyway. Um, so people like 
strong and bold and decisive. And so if that's what you're trying to attract, um, then using that kind of language is, is going to resonate with them. But what about, Susan, what about the ladies who just feel like I'm not really that bold? Can you still be bold, but not, can you still be bold in your words, but you could still kind of honor maybe a little bit of a, a little shy in your real life? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, it's all about making that connection. So if you're um, maybe a little reserved or a little quiet or introvert or whatever kind of term that you want to use, um, you can still speak that language to other people that are going to uh, connect with that too. So again, it's know your market, know who you're talking to. And if if you are kind of going after the, the strong, bold-languaged person, but you're not, um, you're going to need to kind of create your own persona a little bit and use that language. You still want to use the language they're using to attract them. Hmm. 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 Now, I, I always think to myself, like, as I'm, as I kind of advise some of my clients about, like, identifying their ideal client, that it's very tempting to want to chase the wave, meaning like chasing what other people are doing that's are that are similar in your industry, but that necessarily doesn't work all the time. Meaning that, you know, it could be a fad. Like what do you kind of suggest for people who are like they're trying to figure out the their their words or trying to figure out kind of language to use? Like, how can they still try to be authentic but not be fad chasing? Well, I think the key word there is authentic. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of a um, a trend kind of happening of this kind of in-your-face languaging and um, being very blunt. And I think, you know, you still can be uh, respectful of your prospect and not not push too hard, not not degrade them, don't talk down to them. Remember, your language needs to be how you are going to help them. How are you going to solve that problem for them? So really keep it focused on that. It's not so much about you. It's what they're going to get, what they're looking for, and how you solve that problem. That's why they're interested in you, and that's why they're waiting to hear or read or see on your your posts how it is that uh, working with you or buying from you is the ideal solution for them that's a really good point about we, we're we're kind of en- entering this age where everyone is using insults and aggressive language in order to get people like that's it's been misconstru- misconstrued as confidence but it's really aggression right right and you know the first few times there's such a thing in this kind of psychology and in copywriting called a pattern interrupt where you do kind of either say something unexpected, but unexpected doesn't have to mean rude or angry or aggressive. It can just be, um, you know, something unique that really keeps your reader engaged. So yeah, if you have to result to resort to those those more angry kind of posts and, and talking down to people, I, I think your message is really going to fall short. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's been, uh, it's been used by people who are like already up there. And I think people who are starting off in business going like, well, they're famous and they use that language. So can I, and I'm like, no, 
don't do that. Yeah. You know, my, my feeling is class never goes out of style. So, Mm. you know, you don't have to sink to their level. You can stay classy. Um, And again, as long as you're focused on the benefit to the prospect or your customer, you can't go wrong with that. And kindness goes the long way too. Absolutely. We need more of that. We do definitely need more of that. I want to pivot and and talk with you about the words on the front page of a website. Like for, I read something interesting that if people are not interested in like, like the five to 10 seconds, they'll automatically bounce off. I don't know, maybe even less than that. What do you feel like is the very first thing? It doesn't it doesn't matter what the industry is, like that you absolutely should have on the front page of your website. Well, you need a headline that assures them that they're in the right place. And so this is where language can be kind of bold. You know, if you're tired of starting your workday every day, figuring out which problem to solve first, you need to talk to Denise for, you know, business coaching today. And that really kind of it's like, oh, yeah, that is how I start my day, and, I, and that's what I'm looking for. So you can be bold with that. It really draws the reader in because, oh, here's, here's how my day starts. She knows, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reading. So there's some strategy to what your, your web page should have. Um, a lot of people are afraid to put a whole lot of content on there, but actually – when somebody is looking for a solution, and we all do this, like if we're thinking of buying something, we'll read, you know, reviews on Amazon or we'll go to Yelp or whatever, and we'll read everything we can find, right? Mm-hmm. So why would you want somebody to leave your website and go somewhere else? So don't be afraid of having a lot of content on that page um, because people that are serious and really looking for it will read it. And then there are people who have a much shorter attention span. They just want the main points and they're going to skim through it. And so that's where you use lots of uh, subheads and lots of white space, lots of bullet points so that they can skim through and still get the same message. And that way you appeal to both audiences. You know, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned it because that actually brings me the, to the topic of long form, long form writing. Where, um, meaning that like it was like the, the idea in the past where you should you shouldn't overwhelm people, um, but now people are just craving more content and craving more information. And if, like you said earlier, like if they're really serious about it, they will spend the time and read it. That's right. And don't don't let them don't give them a reason to click away. Keep them keep them on your page as long as you can, and probably you know the. A lot of times people will start to read and they'll think, oh my gosh, that is a long bit of copy. But nine times out of 10, they're going to scroll all the way to the bottom of the page to make sure they're not missing anything. So, mm. you know, you can insert your, your call to action several times in that web page, whether it's, you know, get a free report or schedule a call or whatever that might be, even the buy now button. Um, but make sure you keep it strong all the way down. And don't give away everything in that first, you know, paragraph or two. There's, you can just continually sprinkle in uh, the benefits, uh, you know, your big promises through that entire thing so that they'll keep reading and stay longer. 
You mentioned something really interesting, call to action. For for those of you guys who are not even I having to understand what we're talking about, let's break down what <laughs> I don't want to make any assumptions for anyone who's listening to this. Like let's break down what call to action is. Absolutely. So a call to action is you need to tell the reader what the next step is. And so anything you put out there, and it doesn't always have to be a buy from me message, but Every, everything you have out there, you need to be intentional about telling the reader what's the next thing to do, because what you want is for them to continue the conversation or to continue finding out more about you. So a call to action can be things like join my mailing list or schedule a discovery call or download a free report. So make sure you're telling the reader what the very next step is. Now, I will also caution you to only have one thing for them to do. If you give them two decisions, then that might be too much and they're not going to do either one. So make sure you'd have it, have it really thought out what you want that next step to be. And ideally it is, you want to collect their email address. So that could be join my mailing list or download a free report where you can capture their email they get something from you in return, could be a report, could be a checklist, could be a special video they get to watch, whatever that might be. But now you are able to follow up and continue to market to them. So always be intentional. Don't just have a nice web page that somebody will read and go, oh, okay, that's nice. And then they click off to something else and you've lost them. We, mm. we, we humans are pretty simple. Tell me what to do. And uh don't let, don't leave it up to me to decide, oh, maybe I'll come back later or yeah, I'll keep that window open, but I'm going to look at something else, you know, give them a next step. And I want to talk about some of those next steps after this short break. Okay. Cliffhanger. I, (laughs) I can't believe I said that short break and then what are those next steps? So we've been talking with Susan from ASAP Writing Services about giving a customer a journey experience, a, a, their, their experience, meaning like knowing from their website, what do they do next? And Susan gave a lot of good uh, advice about giving access to a video or maybe a worksheet or just some other things, but it's not enough just to give that giveaway, so Susan, let's talk about after you got those email messages, uh, email addresses, what do we do next? Well, so ideally um, we would do, and here's another term, is a drip campaign. So this is just another way for you to continue to educate the prospect, um, to kind of prove yourself worthy of them um, hanging on to your, your list. So what you'll another term you might start hearing a lot of being used is called user experience. So it's all about the prospect, how they feel they're being treated, what we call an email drip campaign where you will continue to give the prospect more information. And it's not really a heavy buy from me message. It's more just educating them more on what you have to offer or how they, you can help them, uh, give them tips, uh, It's great to, especially if you um, might be offering something that they're not real familiar with, is just to continue to educate them so that they feel like they're very informed as to um, the product. Because as people, we don't like to feel 
naive or, or out of the loop. So make sure that you always use, again, their language. Um, don't use real technical terms or industry jargon um, unless your ideal prospect is in the exact same industry you are. And even then, you know, simple language so that they can quickly read it and digest it is best. So do drip campaigns work for everybody or just high end or low end? Or what do you feel like drip campaigns work best for in terms well, I of think like anybody, lifetime value? Yeah, I think anybody can benefit from having, um, having a drip campaign because, again, it's, it's not about the sales message as much as it's about helping them feel like a, a better informed consumer. And so that would be, you can give tips, you can, um, you know, refer them back to another video to watch, whatever. You want to just have um, some additional touches so that they keep top of mind or you keep top of their mind. Um, because again, we've got so many options out there that we may forget and, um, you know, click off to something else. And then so two or three days later, your email pops up in my inbox and I think, oh yeah, I was going to go back and watch that video. So, um, you know, anytime you can give tips, uh, talk about whatever frequently asked questions you get, any of those types of things would be a great way to, um, you know, and they don't have to be long emails, just here's a quick tip or here's a good video. Um, but you can set that up and have it automated so that no matter when someone visits your website and gets on your email list that that automated process kicks in and then they can continue to hear from you. Okay. I always feel like people miss the boat by not emailing as soon, as soon as they get that email address. Do you feel like you should recommend people to send the email immediately after or an hour after? Like, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think your very first one, if they have given you their email address and if you set this up correctly, um, you know, if, if I want your checklist or I want to watch that, that secret video, um, it's immediate. It should kick in and you can set that up in most any email uh, program so that as soon as that email gets signed up on the list, they get that first email. Hmm. Now, I, I know there's so many different companies that help do, do this, like MailChimp or Constant Contact or AWeber or HubSpot. I mean, good grief, the list goes on and on. Right. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you have anyone that you particularly recommend? Um, I think if you're starting out, um, either MailChimp or Constant Contact is, A, very reasonably priced if you don't have a big list. And they're both very easy to navigate so that it's not, um, it's not overwhelming. Some of the other more advanced ones, AWeber and such, you're, you're splitting lists and having, you know, different, different paths. And so if you're just starting out, I, MailChimp and Constant Contact would, would be good starters for you. Okay. Okay. I, I, th I think that a, a lot of people just get bombarded with different options and the sales guys that, you know, they work with that. They're just trying to make a sale. They don't care, you know? Right. Right. Well, and really the best one is the best system is the one that you're going to, you're going to follow up and use. Um, so mm. 
it may sound trendy, you know, if you're talking to other entrepreneurs and they, you know, they've got a whole big thing set up in, in AWeber. Um, you know, if you're not ready for that, don't, don't go there, you know, find a, find a lower entry point. And again, if your list is small, you don't want to be paying for a whole lot of bells and whistles that you're not ready for yet. Correct. 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 I really think that, um, it's, it's so good to start small. And if you're working with someone like Susan, they'll help you migrate to a different platform. You know, don't feel right. like there's always room for growth that you can, you can switch and change things over and lots Correct. of options. Like you said. Yeah. So I know we covered a lot. This is the 50,000 foot view on copywriting. <laughs> we talked about, about the website and, and getting their email addresses and, and a drip campaign, like, we're definitely going to talk again more in the future, but is there like any other takeaways that you really want people to know just about anything like you're like, Oh, I can't believe people don't know about this in copywriting. Well, I would just caution people. um, You know, there's a lot of options just like there's for anything. Um, You may encounter a lot of people that say that they will write copy, um, you need to ask what, what they think that means, because you can find people that will write something grammatically correct and it'll sound halfway decent, but it doesn't really have the strategy behind it to keep that reader and tell them the next step. So um, you may find somebody on one of those uh, less expensive work sites where you can pick up a freelancer for next to nothing um, but if they don't really understand the strategy of, of online presence, um, you're not really doing yourself a favor. So make sure that you ask the hard questions. You know, do they, do they understand the sales process? Do they understand what a, a funnel is? And that was what we were kind of talking about, the, the journey, the, the user experience. You know, what's those next steps? And if they really don't understand that, then that's probably not the writer for you. Hmm. Hmm. That was a really good point. Where can we find you? Well, you can find me. My website is asapwritingservices.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, and that would be Susan M. is my middle initial, Sparks. Um, and I'd love to talk to you. And I've got a free little mini series on eight different ways that you can. Uh, improve your own marketing message because nobody wants to sit through an hour webinar. So you get just a little dose every day. Um, so you can find that to sign up for that on my website. Again, that's asapwritingservices.com. Well, thank you, Susan, so much for um, joining me on this call. And I definitely would love to talk with you again in the future. So many different things that we can talk about. I think we were both struggling to kind of condense it down to just a half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get us started. We can keep going. But yeah. I <laughs> well, this is definitely a community. I'm just so grateful for all the women who are listening to this now. And hopefully for all of those who will be listening to in the future, if you loved anything that Susan had to say, please reach out to her. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter at Denise G. Lee. I am also at LinkedIn as well, Denise G. Lee. Um, send me a message at hello at Denise G. Lee.com. If wherever you're listening, 
please like, share, comment, tell us if you hate it, tell us if you don't like it. We need you. We are a community. And Susan, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you, Denise. It was great. Well, it was too. And for all those who are listening, be awesome.